0: Hello, this is your host, Noor, and this is my podcast, Foodie to Fit. Hello, and welcome back, guys, to Foodie to Fit. How are you all doing today? I hope you're all well. I hope you've had a good and productive week. I hope everyone is trying to be productive in despite of all what's happening. And actually, one of my favorite podcasts, The Health Code for Sarah's Day and Kurt Tills, they were talking about how 2020 is not dead. And I love that. That is very true. It's always nice to like, even though when things are really hard and, you know, I've been there myself, you have nothing to look forward to. It's still a blessing to you know have a roof, have food, getting being able to wake up in the morning, putting clothes on, or how f- going somewhere like work or having work at home. Or it's always to like count our blessings and count the small things are our blessings. And I love that. I love that. It's so nice to like try to stay positive because I'm a very pessimistic person. And staying positive to me, like I always see the negative in everything. And me and something that I struggled through fitness with me being so pessimist such a pessimist that trying to find positivity in things that are not so positive sometimes is a a very hard mental struggle so I really love that that 2020 is not dead yet and I can assure you that as much so I hope somehow this year turns to the better and if it's not it's okay we wasted a year but it's fine things will get better hopefully soon i thing is i don't want to keep saying things will get better because i don't think they will Um, but i'm trying to stay positive and i'm trying to count my blessings so let's hope they stay better or they get better so for this episode i wanted to do something a little bit different but not so different i wanted the second episode to be not to dive in immediately into like my own opinions and views blah 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 not start very strong so i decided to do something a little bit um easier to listen to something to um, something to like You know, help anybody starting out, as I said, and I feel like this is the best thing to start with. Because I wish there was a podcast that had these. I and I was writing them down. I was like, I should have started this way long ago. Like, why? Why haven't I not done that? So, well, I have finally. So let's let's hope we go somewhere with this podcast. And yeah, so for this episode, for this week's episode, it's things I wish I knew before losing weight. And most of the videos that I've watched, nothing was very like, um, not vague, very something that everybody can relate to. Everything was always like personalized. It always like um, whatever that person knew. But whenever I used to watch these videos, nothing used to apply to me. So writing these these tips or these um, things down, like these anecdotes, I wanted it to be quite... Not basic, if you could say. Quite um, anyone can kind of relate to it. So they're only ha- they're only eleven. They're very um, not basic. As I'm trying, I'm trying to find a word, but I can't find it. Oh, this is my problem. I always want to say something that sounds so good in my head, and then does anyone? faceless right you'll think of something to say and it sounds so good in your head and then when you want to like word it out you can't and that's my problem like i can't word things out i can't write things down either like I, I sucked at essays and i'm just trying to find this word right now to explain these points but i can't but hopefully it'll come to me eventually like you know if you ever like have an altercation with someone or like fight with someone and in your head you knew exactly what you want to say but then when you're speaking to that person you go like uh 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 you start like mumbling and you're like you start stressing out That is me. That is 100% me. Like, I will either lose my track of thoughts or, like, because this is to to me at work. Like, I'd, like, not fight with my boss, but, like, want to state an opinion, and I'll say it so good in my head, and then when I want to voice it out, it does not come out the way I imagined it to be in my head. So I'm just like, I should have not said anything. I should have kept my mouth shut. Now I'm doing extra work because of my big mouth. (laughs) So, yeah, so I'm trying to explain these notes, but I can't find the word. It's not, like... Something that's not focused or something that's not only related to one person. I feel like these points kind of relate to everybody who is trying to lose weight or has lost weight and knows what I'm about to talk about. So the first point, which is the most important point to me, which I did not know. Oh, I wish I knew. I did not know how much of a mental struggle losing weight would be. And I think everybody can relate to this because, well, I hope everybody can relate to this or whoever's listening can relate to this or girls, especially girls, I feel. And men, of course, men's feelings are valuable as well. Coming into weight loss, you always think you're going to solve all your problems by losing weight. You always think, oh, I'm going to look prettier. I'm going to have a boyfriend. I'm going to get a new job. I'm going to feel so much confident. But then you don't realize how of a mental struggle it becomes. You don't realize how much you start focusing your whole life around that fitness journey. That you're, you're completely consumed by the fitness journey. All you can think about. Like, I used to go to sleep thinking about the next day oh, well, what am I gonna do? How am I gonna do this? What smoothie am I gonna have tomorrow? Or I'll go to sleep imagining what's gonna be, what's what my life's gonna be like later on when I have lost all the weight. And I did not realize how much of extra mental strain I gave myself because I'm an extreme overthinker and I. People who are overthinkers can relate to me. I feel I feel, because we all we all have that thing where you overthink everything. You lay in bed and you think about a situation that happened to you like four years ago, and you'd be like, oh my God, I could have dealt with this completely differently. And I'm that kind of person, I'm an overthinker. So even if I go like meet new people, when I go home, I'm a super overthinker. I'm like, did I greet them the right way? Did I introduce myself the right way? And this is what happened to me when I started it, the mental strain of overthinking my weight loss. And it made me realize the more you kind of focus your whole life on weight loss and not have weight loss as a adjective to your life or adding an extra like having an extra hobby, for example, or just having or like not focusing your whole life about weight loss, like having your life and then having the weight loss as something that you're doing to better your life. No, I took it the other way completely and I made it and I focused it that I wouldn't like, I would think about it so much that whenever I would go out, it was, as I said before, it was very rarely because I hated going out because of how I looked. I would be like, okay, I want to work out. So I need to work out before I go out. I can't work out after I go out. Or if I go out, I'll limit my, I'll go like, okay, I'm going for only two hours. So I don't have time to come back and work out. And when I started work, it was such a mental strain knowing that I do not have time to work out. I don't have time to plan my food. I don't have time to make my protein shakes the strain of it the overthinking and nicking and picking basically on my body like i'd look in the mirror and i'd be like i feel all girls are like that i'm, tra- I'm not trying to be gen- like a specific or generic but i feel you have that body part that you focus completely on like for example for me i always wanted to have popping collarbones or a sharp jawline or abs and it's just like Adding mental strain, instead of me looking at I'm bettering my life, I'm making my life healthier, I focused solely on stupid things like how long is my work going to be today? How much calories is in this? How much calories is in that? And the mental strain of my brain overthinking every single day that I stopped thinking about everything else and anything else. I, I almost lost con- concentration of my own career trying just to like overthink and micro micromanage my fitness journey, and it was very stressful, and I feel like everybody is going to relate to this, and you're going to step into this overwhelmed, and th- th- that those are one of the things I wish I knew. I wish I, I, wish I had someone tell me, like, this is going to be a very hard mental struggle, but trust me, you need to, like, ease on yourself a little bit, and in the long haul, you're going to learn to not make it a mental struggle, basically, and I'm going to talk about it. Like, there's a whole episode dedicated just to that and it's not as easy as i'm just saying oh you're gonna stop making it you're gonna stop making it a mental struggle i it's not as easy i, I swear it's not as easy as i'm making it sound it, it will take some work but you will eventually get there don't worry it's not a lost cause the second thing i wish i knew which is something that i used to see all all over and i used to see these diagrams of explaining how you lose weight and then how people think it is and how you think it is and i used to say like no way no no this is not how it is it is just a constant weight loss and what i'm trying to say is the second point is how up and down the weight process is weight fluctuations and bloating i did not know these things related to weight loss i did not know that even though you're losing weight and you're eating healthy that time of the month comes around and you're bloated or that's for females, or then for males, or you eat something that upsets your stomach, and your weight fluctuate. You hold on wa- water weight, the whole up and down water weight process. I never knew there was something like that, and I, I researched. I researched so much about weight loss, and I actually figured that one out myself because there were days there was days where my stomach looked leaner, and then there were days my stomach looked st- bigger. But then I would think about it, but I've ate the same thing. What's happening? So. Weight fluctuations—something I never, never knew was a thing—that you weight fluctuates. I thought you stick to one weight and that's it. You either gain the weight or lose the weight, and you're done. But the whole weight fluctuations—it can be very, can add to the mental strain. Actually, can add like all these, all these anecdotes are related. Like the fluctuations adds to the mental strains that make you think. But I lost two kilos last week. Why am I only losing half a kilo this week? But you're doing the same exact things. It's just your body is either maintaining weight, maybe you ate too much salt. It's just the whole weight fluctuations things, which um, when you first hear about it, you're like, no, no. That's not my body. My body's not going to be like that. But everybody goes through that, and it can be very discouraging. It can be very, very discouraging. There's, there's one week where I think I was the healthiest I've ever been that week, and I gained weight, actually, and, and I realized because around my period and I didn't notice it until I got my period, and I was like, oh, no wonder, and I, and I I was feeling very bad, I was drinking lots of water, working out everything, and I was like, but no, I'm supposed to lose it, why did I gain weight this week, and it was just that, because it was around my period time, it was water weight, it was just my hormones, and then as soon as my period was gone, and I went back on the health, like, not the health, like, I went, You know, did my normal routine things and those extra kilos that I gained went completely down and it was like, ah, weight fluctuations. That's a thing. So those are one of the things I wish I knew. I wish I knew about them because when you face them, when you deal with them, you're just like, what the hell is this? Why nobody told me about this? Comes the third point that is related to weight fluctuations. Actually, as I said, they're all related to each other. How one cheat day or one cheat meal a week is not going to ruin your progress. Life is unpredictable. Life is not planned. And sometimes it's a Tuesday. You've had a long day at work. You just want to eat something that makes you feel good. And actually also cheat meals, uh, cheat days and not working out. Rest days as well. To that point, I want to add to that point. You decided I don't feel like I'm going to the gym today. I am tired. I want to go on a drive and get an ice cream, or I'm tired. I want to go and get anything like a Starbucks drink, a frappuccino. I'm tired, and I don't want to say junk food because it's so generic for people to have cheat days and go with junk food. But that people don't realize that a cheat day or a cheat meal is it's a mental break. It's your brain trying to relax, be like, all right, I did really well this week. I want to treat myself and it does not ruin your progress as long as you wake up the next day do not feel guilty about it you wake up and you continue your routine trust me it will not ruin your progress what will ruin your progress if that cheat meal becomes a cheat week and you just go back to the horrible habits that you've had before and forget about all the new good habits that you've made that would ruin progress but having that okay let me talk about just having that pizza or that McDonald's that once a week is not going to ruin your progress on the contrary when your body gets adapted to a certain ex like a certain exercise or a certain meal plan um, your body stops your body gets used to it so your body stops actually the fat loss process because your body will now maintain a healthy weight and because it got used to the working out and it got it's not shocking your body anymore your body's used to it so it thinks this is the normal so your normal ex like your losing weight will be your body's new normal so your body will pause it will stop losing weight and that can be a little bit frustrating for people so I learned actually having a cheat meal or a cheat day kind of shocks your body and it reboots it and it starts the weight loss again so having that mental break is really good in general it could be not deciding not to work out and just going to the beach instead or it could be deciding okay I don't want to I don't want to sleep early like even sometimes for me like I don't want to sleep early today I want to go to go to a party I want to go visit a friend having that small mental break and having that cheat day having that cheat meal really does do a difference but 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 do not do not base your whole week for that cheat day so don't be like do not like basically do not rely on that cheat day do not make that cheat day a way of like treating yourself because you're doing well and you're losing weight because we don't want the weight loss to be just a diet we're wanting it to be a lifestyle so don't see it as a cheat meal like oh my god i'm gonna eat so well today so then i can have my cheat meal on thursday no be like i did well today i did well this week and i'm not basing my cheat day because i did well this week i'm just basing my cheat day because i need a break and that is um that is normal but for you to have that cheat day, like focus your whole week just for that cheat day, that is also not mentally good. The fourth point drinking your calories. The importance of not drinking your calories. I remember I used to hear this from Obese to Bees, from I think his name is John Glaude, if I'm not mistaken. He used to say the first thing that you have to do when you're losing weight is to cut your calories, uh, to cut your liquid calories. And I used to be like, what, you wanna tell me that a cappuccino has 300 calories? No way. That's when I started counting calories with the 1,200. And I realized that, yes, a cappuccino has 3,300 calories. And then it made me dig a little bit deeper. What is behind those drinking calories? Your sodas, your frappuccinos, it's all the sugars and the milk, and they just all add up and they give you... They take a whole bunch of calories that you can that if you're counting calories, th- that you can eat or, like, actually have a meal that is nutritious. Or have a, pr- for example, like, people say do not drink your calories, right? What they mean by that, and it, may- it took me a very long time to understand that. What they mean, when a, he- a fitness or a nutritionist or someone tell you stop drinking your calories, they're basically telling you to cut the artificial sugar out. That's all they mean. When they tell you do not drink sodas, they're not saying, oh, stop drinking, completely, completely cut everything. No, what they mean is cut the artificial and hit the natural. So for example, for me, I substituted all my like sodas and like my sugar sugar drinks into natural smoothies. And that is still technically me drinking my calories, but this is me drinking my calories naturally. But but when I first understood it, I under- completely understood it as in completely stopped any drinking calories, that I was only drinking Black coffee, black tea, water, and that's it. And that was so horrible because I'd see all these people doing having all these like shakes and all these frappuccinos and all these protein shakes, and it made me feel so horrible. It made me be like, I'm stopping my life because I want to lose weight. Is this worth it? You always have this thing. Is it worth it? Is it worth it that everyone's having fun when I'm not? But then the more I dug into it, I realized it's the importance of not drinking artificial drinks. So cutting out the artificial sugar, because in culinary school, they teach you the base of sugar. They teach you how sugar is made and how sugar is basically produced in a factory. And it shows you how much white sugar is processed down, because when you get a sugar cane, the sugar is not white. So we go through the whole process of sugar and when i went to culinary school that's when i realized what they mean is that you need to stop drinking your artificial calories your artificial sugars and you should just substitute with natural things natural juices if that's what you like uh, i'm not a juice person when i cut juices i've cut juices four years ago i still this day have cut juices i'm not a juice person but smoothies or uh, for me even though a lot of people are against this because it is technically very, very much artificial sugars as well, it's a lot of dextrose and surcos. Um diet soda, but I don't have diet soda every day, I have diet soda every now and then, like twice a week or three times a week, because I do have some gut issues, and the soda, the diet soda, it helps with that, so it's fine to have like diet soda moderately, but it is artificial sugar. I will point that out. It is artificial sugar, and I know it's horrible, but it's the only thing I can't cut out. It's the only. It's my only knack. I cannot not drink a diet coke. So that's what they mean by because so because that's the first thing you hear: stop drinking your calories. But then a smoothie is not bad. Drinking calories, a very healthy protein smoothie is not bad, or natural juices. It's not bad. What they mean is just stop drinking the artificial stuff, the sugars, the white sugars, like. I know this. Everybody talks about this, but white sugar is so bad. Again, you guys are gonna hate me. I'm gonna keep repeating this. I do have an episode completely about just sugars and trying to educate people on sugars because, like my sister, for example, she's like, "Noor, she's she started counting calories. She's like, no, sugar is only like 15 calories a teaspoon. Why are you making me stop it?'" And I'm like, "Don't just look at the calorie. Look at the macronutrients of white sugar. That is v- that is the most processed substance substance on earth. And you're, and you say you want to be- have a healthier life." But that sugar is not the healthy way. Neither is, I am also guilty of this, which again is a lot of circles, dextrose, is sweeteners. So I'm trying to be good and go, go to stevia. But stevia in the UAE is not accessible, as accessible as other countries. So yeah, that's my only other thing sweetener but i'll i'll drink it every like whenever i feel like i'll get in like a coffee and i feel like i want something sweet so i don't go eat like a candy bar i'll just put like one sweetener in the coffee and that will like crave carve down my sweet craving the fifth point is how expensive gyms are and how at-home workouts are also efficient so this is like Again, oh, you guys are going to hate me. I'm going to keep repeating this. I do have a whole episode, and hopefully we're going to have some guests on that episode talking about how expensive gyms are and how effective um, at-home workouts are. But I kind of wanted to bring in that point because I didn't know that. Because you see online, everybody's like, no, go to the gym, go to the gym, go to the gym, run, run on a treadmill, blah, blah, blah. But it isn't. You don't need a gym if you cannot afford a gym. There are multiple other ways you can stay active and lose weight. And when people, by the way, tell you stay active and lose weight, to lose weight, and it's a very generic thing to just, oh, stay active, go to the gym. It's not really. Not everybody's thing is going to the gym. Not everybody, like myself, wants crazy hit workouts that kills, that you literally feel your soul leaving your body by the end of that workout. Not everybody is like that and I did not like because I used to see oh, okay I have to go to a gym I didn't realize that I didn't realize that you can do homework as are effective you can go on a run that is very effective you can go swimming you can go play football basketball volleyball you can go do Zumba like my sister and I we love to do Zumba we go do Zumba all the time you can decide to become to get a karate to get a karate belt or you can go jujitsu or you can go Um, just get, for example, for my sister, we got her Dance Dance Revolution, because my sister hates, she legit loathes exercising, she's like, I want to become fit, so she got Dance Dance Revolution, not Dance Dance Revolution, what is it called, it's the one for the Xbox, the old, I think Dance Central, and she loves it, and she actually lost weight because of Dance Central, she'll put it on, she'll do it for like three hours, she wouldn't care, she doesn't realize that she's actually toning her body, losing the fat, and she's loving it she's enjoying it and that's the point of exercising within within your fitness journey is that you love the exercise do not do it and you hate it because when you hate it you won't actually put your full effort into it and you will not get the results that you want or you won't get results as fast as you want so then you lose that hope or you lose that excitement and then you stop doing it and then it goes it's like a cycle it's an ongoing cycle something that i faced as well i used to think okay losing weight means running on a treadmill and i realized it's not i found hit and i'm gonna talk i'm so excited to talk about hit like it changed my whole concept of exercising and working out and just the whole fitness industry so gyms can be very expensive if you can't afford a gym like myself when i first started i could not afford a gym so i literally searched up some workouts online there are everything that you can think of from a to z on youtube or you can get a program like i decided to go running i decided to do running last summer and i downloaded the run to 5k and i loved it and i did the whole thing and i and now i can run a 5k and it's so nice to like get out of your comfort zone and find new things to keep you active and that's the p- active part of exercising because not everyone can afford a gym right but then I feel like everyone has a phone or everyone has a tablet, everyone has a, a laptop, and they can just download a workout and it can be as effective. And if you want that extra effectiveness, you can just go and buy some dumbbells, some cheap dumbbells, and use them and you can get the results that you want. It does not have to always be in an expensive ass gym. It doesn't. Comes on the sixth point, which is related to the fifth point. And this might sound very, 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 very bougie or non so bougie actually, but I wanted to point this out. I just wanted to, I'm not gonna go into details, but I'm just gonna point it out. And girls, if you can relate with me, I don't know if it's the same for men as well. Actually it is because, okay, let me talk, let me say the point, workout clothes. Why are workout clothes so bloody expensive? Why do I have to pay $100, like 300 dirhams, 365 dirhams for a sports bra? Why do I have to pay 300 dirhams for a pair of yoga pants? why is it so expensive and i understand you know like factories and paying people and all of that but like why why like oh like the thing but the thing is if you have something that is expensive that's that is the problem for me it is expensive but i did buy a pair of puma pants and i've had these pair of puma pants for like five years now so i understand the material and all of that work but i just wanted to point it out workout clothes why are you so expensive can somebody sponsor me and just can I get sponsored workout clothes? Because I see like all these like, for example, day. I wanted to buy her workout clothes. So many people that I wanted to work, buy their workout clothes or like their collaborations, like for example, Beyonce's collaboration with Adidas. But it's so expensive. It is so, so expensive that I'm like, do I want to pay my phone bill this month? Or do I want to pi- buy a pair of leggings? Like Lululemons. Oh, I used to hear about Lululemons all the time. And Lululemon, if you're hearing this, can you please sponsor me? I used to hear about Lululemons all the damn time. And I used to think that they're so affordable because everyone was wearing them. Every other girl was wearing Lululemons. And it turned out they're so expensive. They are so bloody expensive. And I was like, yeah, Lululemons, if you're hearing this, please sponsor me. Let's get that sponsorship. (laughs) So comes our seventh point. That nutrient-dense food that will help you and keep you healthy should not just be a diet it should be a lifestyle it took me a very 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 long time to realize that once you go into fitness and start losing weight it's no longer just a diet it's a lifestyle it's a 100 percent lifestyle switch because you will be changing habits you will be finding new habits and we always tend to see it as a phase And it's not a phase. I used to think, oh, three months, I'll be done. That's it. Never again. Never going to do this again. And it's not. It's been four years. It's once you're in, you're in. And I always like whenever someone asked me about fitness and health, and I was even talking about this with my friend the other day. She was telling me, like, no, you've had so much will. Like, you've been doing this in school and you have so much will. Like, I don't know how you're still doing it. And I was like, it became a lifestyle to me. It's no longer just a diet. It's a lifestyle because that nutrient dense food does not only help you lose weight which is the point i feel to what most people but it helps you maintain a very good healthy lifestyle it helps you i don't know it makes you live longer i, I always like i used to look i used to ask like my grandparents like how how did how did people back then live to like their 90 she goes like because newer when you think about it they had they had nutrient 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 food they had livestock they had they ate vegetables and fruits daily they eat meat once a week but then they had fruits and vegetables every single day and they did they used to do like you know they said you know our grandparents or great-grandparents they had like farms and they used to um especially like my grandparents my great-grandparents come from palestine so we're talking about farms and acres and acres of land where they used to harvest themselves so they used to do basically physical labor and it was and it made me realize it all goes back to the same concept. It's an eighty twenty um it's an eighty twenty mindset, so it's eighty what you eat and twenty what you do, and it just becomes a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. It's no longer just a it's not it's I think people need to coming into this they need to realize it's not just something you do for a couple of months and you're done no. once you're in, you're in. You're in for life, I feel. And not necessarily to be like a health or fitness instructor, just you just, you honestly, maybe it's just for me. And I said I don't want it to be personally based, but I'm gonna be biased in this sense. It becomes very enjoyable because you keep discovering new things every time you wanna do something. So, yeah, on to our eighth point. Our eighth point, or my eighth point is, which touches back on our fifth point, which is not everybody's body is the same. And you have to come into fitness with that mindset. Just because you saw this YouTuber star or this health or fitness instructor do this workouts, their body change in two months does not mean the workouts don't work. The workout work, but their body structure, their body type, their genetics, their hormones is different from yours. So when they can burn a lot of calories, your body is different, your body doesn't burn as much calories. You will get the results. It will just take longer because not everybody is the same. Everybody comes from different families, everybody comes from different genetics, different countries, different backgrounds, different health backgrounds. Some people have mental illnesses, sorry, not mental illnesses, physical illnesses or just illnesses in general or like genetic illnesses. Like, for example, in for us, we all have uh, chronic asthma. So I used, when I first started doing HIT, I used to see these people like they can do a full like 30 seconds or like a minute running on 12 on the treadmill and I couldn't. And it made me feel so bad i was like what am i doing am i that fat that i can't run and it was not that it was just that i have chronic asthma and i my breath is shorter so i can't go as long as most people so just come into like a fitness journey with that mindset it will help you a lot if you come in with like oh i'm gonna look like her in three months you're not your body is different you look different but don't lose faith do not lose hope you will get to the point where you want to get to eventually it's just going to take a little bit longer or some people takes a little bit less so it just depends on the person depends what your start weight is what your end weight is going to be depends on what you do with regards to food and all of that as well our 10th point is that you need to set accomplishments and you need to set small accomplishments and then big goals. So you always have an end goal. Some people are always like, "I want to fit into that dress. I want to fit in those, um, fit in those jeans. I want to look good for certain events. I want. For me, I wanted muscles and like just a healthier life, just habits. Because I w- I was never a person that could keep habits, and I wanted to change that. That is your goal. And then in to reach that goal, you want to set small, small accomplishments. Think about it of like how people first get their first million in anything in life. It starts small. You start with baby steps. You start with, a hun- with 100 and then 10,000 and then 100,000 and 200,000. You have all these small hurdles to get to your mountain and you have to have these small accomplishments and it keeps you going because if you just always think about your end goal if you're always thinking about your goal it's not it's not going to work because that was me I always had I always had that one goal I wanted to be a certain weight by the time I graduate and because I didn't have any small accomplishments I never I never gave myself credit when credit was due you need to give yourself credit when you do something that's good for example, you didn't you don't like water, drinking 2 liters of water every day a week. That is a small accomplishment. You should you should feel good about that. You should feel good about doing these small small accomplishments that will make you eventually reach your goal. It will keep you pushing to get to that goal. And then when that goal is done, put another goal because I always feel we need incentive or we need a motive to keep us going. If we're always just like I have these goals in the back, I'm gonna get there. No, you have to have small accomplishments, as I said, or small hurdles to get you to your mountain, to get you to that top. No, for example, people that wanna climb Mount Everest, they don't start with Mount Everest. Nobody starts climbing Mount Everest as their first climb. They start with smaller mountains, they start training, they start exercising slowly, slowly, with their small accomplishments, with, for example, reaching a certain weight that they need to climb Mount Everest, I'm not really well versed on this topic, but I'm just saying in general, you will eventually reach the Mount Everest, you will get your Everest, you just have to be patient, which leads me to my last point that it is not the destination, it is the journey. You need to enjoy the journey because we all, everybody is like that. We all just want that goal. We all just want that thing, but we never enjoy our journey to that thing. You never, people, when they come successful, it's very rarely to hear someone say, oh, I loved it. I was loving every minute of it. You always hear, oh, I was in the slumps. I was doing this, this, and that, and finally I'm at the top where I want to be, but I didn't enjoy coming there. And fitness, it has to be different. And it took me a very long time to understand that mindset because to me, I was always just looking at the end goal, at that number that I wanted. I was never enjoying the journey and my small accomplishments. And when I resetted my thoughts and I was like, what was the most thing that killed me? Well, not metaf- lit- literally killed me, metaphorically killed me, that kept discouraging me and made me, made me, made me reset, which was I was never happy with any point. Even if I'd lose some, I was never happy, I wanted more. And it's good to always want more, but it's also good to understand that you need to enjoy this journey because the journey is what matters. The destination, you will get there, but your journey is very important because your journey is what will get you to that destination. You're exercising, your workouts, you're staying physical, you're doing these small accomplishments, the drinking the water, the eating the health, the right food. Like, even, um, what do you call this? Like, motorization. Oh my God, my brain. When I tell you guys, sometimes my brain, it's a, it's a jumble. Finding that moderation, that's what I wanted to say. These small, small accomplishments, they will keep you pushing and you will enjoy the journey and then get to your destination. And that's it. I feel like these 10 points explain, or not explain, like, I, I wish I knew. There are more like specific points, but these are like to, it comes down to each person and how they start, but I feel like these are like the most basic points that I wish somebody told me. The rest just comes down to what you go through and how your journey comes. But for these, I feel like most people deal with these the most. The mental, the physical, sorry, the mental, the mental way, the mental point of it, the working out, the food, the the journey—it's a—it's a journey, not a destination. All of that. I feel nobody steps into this knowing it. Everybody steps into it knowing, okay, three months, six months. This is da da da. I'm gonna do one, two, three. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm done. Maybe it works for like ten percent. I feel like ten percent of people maybe that works for them, but I feel like the majority of us, or the community that I'm trying to build, is that it doesn't. And you face a lot of problems and struggles before you get to that destination. And that's it. This is it for today's episode. Um i hope you like it um i hope you enjoyed it and i hope it gave you some hope to keep going do not lose hope guys we're all in this together sorry sorry i know i don't know i cannot sing and my voice is very scratchy these days don't worry i don't have corona it's just i don't know like when i talk a lot my voice goes quite deep and then i sound like a boy which is fine i don't mind that I do like deeper voices anyways. That is enough about voices. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I love you guys. And if you want to uh, keep up with the podcast, I have an Instagram foodie to fit and I have a, a TikTok as well foodie to fit. We are on most podcast um, what do you call them channels? On most podcast channels. So, your basic Apple Podcasts, Spotify, there are some on Google Podcasts and there's a couple more that you can the if you either download the anchor app or just go on spotify it kind of tells you or just press the link on the bio on my instagram it tells you like there are multiple uh places you can listen to whichever float your boats whichever one you like you can listen on thank you so much have an awesome friday and see you next time bye or hear you next time no no never mind never mind i'm out we